Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter four, verses 12 through 16, called Our Superior and Sympathetic High Priest. you've ever studied the views on the soul, some people are trichotomists, some people are dichotomists. I won't get into that now, but in the dichotomy of the soul, it's the idea of that you have, you have a body and a soul. Some people say you have a body and a soul and a spirit. In Hebrew thought, the body was one, the soul and spirit were one. They weren't separated. And so the one possible view of what the word of God does is that it penetrates the impenetrable. In Jewish thought, that may be what the writer is after. Separating of, uh, you know, joints and marrow, soul and spirit. Or it could be alternatively that it just goes into the deepest recesses of the soul. I remember when I first came into a Christian church and began to hear the word of God taught like we're experiencing tonight. And, And I was amazed at how many times the word of God just penetrated my life. And I was often very uncomfortable because it was calling me out. <laughs> but I realized what God was doing. There was a lot to fix in me. So it wasn't hard in a sermon, you know, for me to hit, be hit multiple times in very deep personal areas. But it was ultimately for my good. And it, and it, Sometimes it went in and, you know, it was making the call. Later, let's flip over to chapter 5 and then we'll try to move a little quicker here. In 5.11, the writer is talking about Melchizedek. And he says, concerning him, we have much to say and it's hard to explain. Since you've become what? Dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of what? Of the word of God. The the oracles of God is the word of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. Not, Not a good meal in the word of God, but just like the elementary things. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he's an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of what? Practice, have their senses trained to discern. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And when you get trained by it, you're able to discern good and evil. All right, back to Hebrews 4, verse 13. Now, this is more of a summary it says, there's no creature, and I there's nothing in all creation hidden from God's sight. All things are open, and I uncovered, and laid bare, ESV has naked and exposed, to the eyes of, whom, of him with whom we have to do. Uh, all the other modern versions that I looked up say, to whom we must give an account. Some scholars believe that the reference here is to Adam and Eve. And when Adam and Eve fell to sin, they, their eyes were open and they realized what? They were naked 
and they tried to sew the fig leaves together to cover themselves. And God was on the move. And then they tried to hide. There is no creature hidden from his sight. Adam, where are you? Was God's GPS on the fritz? No. It was a question of his heart, not his location. God knew where he was. Adam and Eve were exposed and We know what God does in that account. He covers their nakedness. I suppose that if we consider Psalm, or I I should say uh, verse 13, we could see it negatively. Nobody's hidden from his sight. He sees everything I do. Or positively, he sees everything I do. Where could I go from his spirit? He knows a thought before I think it, a word before I speak it. He knows my heart. He knows my trouble. Psalm 139, search me, O God. And know me. He does. And he still loves you. Amen? Now that may be the miracle of all miracles. Our great high priest sees everything and yet he loves us. Because he covered us in his righteousness. All right, we'll move now to his high priesthood. Since then, therefore, now in light of these realities we've just studied... Since then, we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens. That's a reference to his ascension. Jesus, the Son of God. Since we have an advocate, since we have a great high priest, he's not an average high priest, he's superior. What should we do? We should hold fast our confession. Now, the people were waffling because of the threat of persecution, because it was hard to be a Christian. What did they need to know? They didn't need to hide. They didn't need to be ashamed. And they didn't need to be afraid. Because they have a great advocate. And so do you. My little children, I'm writing to you that you may not sin. 1 John 2, 1. But if anyone sins, we have what? We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So, my little children... John might say, I'm writing and and I'm praying that you don't fall into sin. But if you sin, and let's just answer the obvious question, Christians do sin. Well, what's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian? Christians feel conviction over their sin and they repent of their sin. And that doesn't mean that it always happens, you know, one after the other. David hid his sin for a year got confronted by Nathan the prophet, and then repented of his sin. Was David broken? Yes. Was he contrite? Yes. Did he know that he had offended God and God deserved to judge him? Yes. So we need to keep as short accounts with God as we can because we have an advocate in heaven, Jesus. And he is ever-living will we'll learn in chapter 7 to intercede for us. Here's what we can know about Jesus, and this is all wonderful news. We don't have a high priest who can't sympathize. The, the Hebrew believers might say something like this, well, this sounds good, but if Jesus passed through the heavens and ascended back to the right hand of God, how could he help me? 
How, how does he know the issue that I'm having with my coworker or my spouse or my father-in-law? How could he help me if he's up in some majestic place at the right hand of the father and he's God the son? Well, the writer answers it. He says, look, we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize. That means he does sympathize. He sympathizes with what? Our weaknesses because he was in all, one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God. He is not remote from us. He understands us because not only is he human, but he was tempted in all the areas where we know we are weak. Now that's encouraging, isn't it? Next time you pray, you need to know that. You need to know that when you say, Jesus, I'm in trouble. I'm a house of cards. I feel like I could fall at any moment. When you invite him into the struggle, he already knows because he already sees everything anyway. So no cover-up is going to do it, right? You can do the Adam and Eve thing all day long, but the fig leaves, as soon as the wind blows, <laughs> you're in trouble. Amen? Anyway, you get the visual there? So why not take it to him? You know what we typically do? We, we think, well... I'll just hide from God for a while. No, you won't. Because <laughs> all things are open and laid bare before him. So how about this next time? How about, Lord, you know how drawn I am to do this thing right now. I want to lash out. I want to lust. I want to do this. I want to do that. Lord, you know. But would you help me? Since you know what it means to face temptation and overcome it, and since I'm more than a conqueror in you, would you give me the power to overcome? Because I'm feeling very weak. The verse said we have weaknesses. It's our weaknesses. Look at 15. He can sympathize with our weaknesses. Do you sometimes feel like the only time you can come to God is when you feel really strong? Here I am, Lord, baptized with boldness in your name. And I'm coming to pray just to get an extra overflow. But I'm already feeling empowered and baptized <laughs> and alive. Now, sometimes you may feel that way, but that's not what this verse is teaching. This verse is saying when you feel weak, then you can be strong. So you need to understand, I need to understand, he sympathizes, he's experienced it. Example, Jesus knows what it means to be tired, to be overwhelmed, to be betrayed by a friend, to be denied by a man that he said he would die for him, and then he denies him three times. He knows what it means to feel lonely to feel shame, to feel like his father had forsaken him. My God, my God, why? So when you bring your list to your great high priest, 
Lord, I feel shame. I feel lonely. I feel forsaken. I feel despised. You go down your list. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. That's how I showed my anger. Mm. Not in words, but in, you can't have me. Mm -hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. Even for me, in a church that didn't shy away from it, it wasn't talked about a ton, but I remember getting married and my wife and I being like, this is weird. Like, so it's good now, I guess. (laughs) There was infidelity. Just a lot of financial issues, you know, all those things that make the top list of of why a marriage is hard. The Lord's given us all things to enjoy, the scriptures say, and freedom is a big word as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what's happened in the church is that the church has not always sent a message that we're supposed to enjoy life and be free. We've put a lot of unnecessary weights on people. It's one thing to listen to the podcast. It's another to watch the video of those four interact. All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate today. That's walkintruth.com, click donate. walkintruth.com, click donate. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Baptized and alive. Now, sometimes you may feel that way, but that's not what this verse is teaching. This verse is saying when you feel weak, then you can be strong. So, You need to understand, I need to understand, he sympathizes, he's experienced it. Example, Jesus knows what it means to be tired, to be overwhelmed, to be betrayed by a friend, to be denied by a man that he said he would die for him, and then he denies him three times. He knows what it means to feel lonely, to feel shame, to feel like his father had forsaken him. My God, my God, why? So when you bring your list to your great high priest, Lord, I feel shame. I feel lonely. I feel forsaken. I feel despised. You go down your list. I'm tired. I want to give up. Let this cup pass from me. You can make your list. He sympathizes. What does that word mean? It means he feels the feelings. He knows the struggle. It it literally means to feel the feelings of another. All right, so the final verse. In light of this, let us therefore, that's what the language means in light of what we just learned. Let us therefore do what? Draw near. Now, 
I might be tempted when uh, hearing about the exposure I have before this holy one to run away, to hide like Adam and Eve did. But that's not what the writer says we should do. He says in light of who Jesus is, in light of his seeing everything, in light of his sharp sword, in light of his sympathetic heart, draw near is a phrase that means worship. Whenever we worship, we draw near. So there's different ways to draw near. Draw near is when we sing, when we come forward for communion, when we open our Bibles, when we lean into a friend in the Lord. That's all what it means to draw near. And so here's what we do. We approach the throne of grace, NIV, Here's the what we draw near. The how, we do it with confidence. The where, to the throne of grace, that would be probably a synonym for the mercy seat. And the why is to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let me run through that one more time. The what is to draw near, the how is with confidence. The where is the throne of grace, which may be the equivalent of the mercy seat. The why is to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Good news, isn't it? See the phrase, to help? That's a word, bothea, in Greek. It was especially a term used in the nautical world for frapping. F-R-A-P-P-I-N-G. That's a special coffee drink that you can get with extra frosting. No, I'm just kidding. Frapping was a process where they would pass ropes, and I think they still do it today, or cables around the hole of a ship to steady it in a storm. That's the Greek word. The single Greek word is bothea, The phrase in English is to help. It's the process of frapping, here's the image, running cables or ropes along the hull of a ship to stabilize it in the storm. So you may ask, and I've asked before, and I've studied this many times, how does he help? Because if I live in first century Rome with the threat of the sword Familial issues, threats of persecution, maybe I've lost income because people in my community don't want to do business because I claim Jesus is Messiah, dot, dot, dot. Well, if I'm blowing around and I feel like I got no anchor, well, you're telling me I have a great high priest in heaven and I should trust him, so now what's he going to do for me? <laughs> Which maybe we shouldn't say, but that's usually what we're thinking. So... How's this going to work out? What's going to happen here? And one thing that you can know straight from the language of Hebrews 4.16 is that the bank never closes and whenever you call upon him, he'll help you in time of need. By doing what? By throwing ropes around your vessel to stabilize you in the storm. What does that mean? That means he won't always lift the storm. Sometimes he will, sometimes he won't, but he'll stabilize you in the storm. What does that mean? That means 
here I am going through it. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what to do. And rather than going to something stupid that just adds another layer to my problems, medicating myself, running to pornography, responding in anger, whatever you might normally do, you go to the throne of grace and he stabilizes you. And you're like, Lord, I feel out of control. Lord, I'm blown around. Lord, I don't know what to do. And he steadies us in the storm. You know how he often does it? Right what we're doing right now, a word comes to us, we stand upon it in a fresh way, and we get stability. We often say in the church, we stand on the promises. Amen? Because the word of God is living and active, sharp, and he uses it to do his work in our lives. Father, thank you for this time we've had together to study this majestic passage to think about how it applies to our lives, to celebrate it. Jesus, we want to specifically say thank you for fighting the good fight for us, for being our advocate in heaven, for dying for our sin, rising from the dead, doing what you did for love and your ongoing ministry. And three times in the book so far, we've heard these words. Today, if you will hear his voice. Today, if you will hear his voice. And Lord, we've heard you speak in this passage. We've heard your word It's a word of comfort. It's a word of blessing. It's a word of stability. It's a word of hope. And I don't think anything better could be said than thank you for who you are, what you've done for me, what you've done for us. And thank you for the stabilizing grace of God. Thank you that you don't call it a throne of condemnation but rather a throne of grace. We're so grateful to our superior and sympathetic high priest. Amen. You've been listening to Our Superior and Sympathetic High Priest, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews, Chapter 4, Verses 12 through 16. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And could you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening on podcast. Please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then our hope is they'll do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, the bottom line is that we have an amazing high priest and we can come boldly to the throne of grace to find help, stabilizing help in our time of need. This is a broken world and I often find myself in a position where I have great need I need my God. I need my Savior. I'm not ashamed to say I need him. Oh, how I need him. Every hour I need him. And you know, the beautiful thing is, is he's available every second of every day, every minute of every hour. 
he's available. Come to the throne of grace and find mercy and help in time of need. Well, I pray you've been blessed by the teaching in the book of Hebrews, and I want to invite you out to Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. If you're not local to the Inland Empire, to the city of Corona, you can join the church live stream. We stream the 10.30 a.m. service each Sunday morning. You can connect to everything, get information on the church, driving directions, find out how to donate, find out how to connect with the live stream on YouTube. When you go to walkintruth.com, that's walkintruth.com. Thanks so much for listening. To all of our listening family, all of our partners, we love you. Have a great and awesome weekend, and we'll see you next time right here. God bless. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael. You'll have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com and click donate. And join us Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 6, 4 through 12, called The Case of Those Who Have Fallen Away. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.